Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every Monday with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Jose Gutierrez, one of the Latino LGBT leaders featured in Queer Brown Voices, a book published in 2015 that features personal narratives of Latino activists who fought in the last three decades of the 20th century for LGBT rights. Jose will talk about the importance of preserving history and his work on building community among Latino immigrants facing homophobia, poverty, HIV AIDS, and anti-immigrant sentiment. I want to thank all of you following Jesse Garcia's show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the show, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention Latinos, want to celebrate Earth Day and visit a historic river at the same time? Latino Outdoors DC and Lulac Lambda will clean up waterways that connect to the Potomac River on Earth Day weekend, Saturday, April 21st from 9 a.m. to noon at Dyke Marsh, one of the largest remaining freshwater tide wetlands in the Washington metropolitan area. Latino Outdoors brings cultura into the outdoor narrative and connects Latino communities and leadership with nature and outdoor experiences. For more information about our Earth Day project, contact me at jesse at jessegarciashow.com. And here's your weekly news update. We're just two years away from the 2020 census, and already there's controversy even before the first census questionnaire is mailed out. Last week, the Census Bureau issued a corrective statement asserting it had inadvertently listed sexual orientation and gender identity as a proposed topic in the appendix of a Bureau report, just days after a preview of questions showed the census had included LGBT populations. The Human Rights Campaign said it was the Trump administration's latest effort to erase LGBTQ people from federal surveys and disrupt programs that provide direct assistance to the LGBTQ community. While one community is being left out of the census, another group is being asked to self-identify undocumented immigrants. The Justice Department asked census officials to add a citizenship question, saying it needed better data on the voting age population to help enforce the Voting Rights Act. The Department of Commerce, which runs the census, granted the Justice Department's request. Ross Brown of Public News Service reported that the census has about a 70% response rate, and most immigrants affected by this new change live in states that did not support President Donald Trump in the 2016 election. The story also said some Democrats warned that an inaccurate census count could unfairly affect the reapportionment process that determines who controls the House of Representatives in the decade that follows the census and how billions of dollars in federal funds are distributed. So, let's review. One population ignored, another is targeted. And both groups mainly reside in urban areas that did not support the current party in control of Washington, D.C. Does this seem fair? Contact your Congress member. Imagine being a witness to so many historic events, you feel a need to write things down, collect mementos, and share the stories. Welcome to the life and times of Jose Gutierrez, a DC gay Latino legend. He's an inquisitive soul who must learn and keep learning about history around him. 
and Jose sees the beauty and importance of objects, large or small, that document what once was. When you meet Jose, he quickly engages you in conversation, and when he finds out where you're from, he probably knows the Latino and LGBT leaders from your area, plus important details about the civil rights movement. Recognizing his contributions to so many communities he's touched over the years, the editors of Queer Brown Voices, a book about LGBT Latino leaders published in 2015, selected Jose to share his journey from recent immigrant to public health worker during the AIDS epidemic to LGBT historian in his silver years. He talks to us today about all those roles, plus shares his first impressions of meeting famous gay rights icons, Jose Saria and Silvia Rivera. I want to welcome to the show Jose Gutierrez, uh, the founder of Latino GLBT History Project here in D.C. When I first came to D.C., um, that was one of the first groups I joined to get to meet a lot of local people. And he has been an amazing activist that's been around. Uh, before I even came to D.C., he had already reached out to me in Dallas, Texas, to collaborate on Latino LGBT projects. And as soon as I came to D.C., I had to look for Mr. Jose Gutierrez. Thank you for being on the show, Jose. Thank you very much, Jesse. Thank you for having me here in the show. Thank you very much. Another connection that I have with you is that we're both from the same part of the, of same part of the world, La Frontera. Tell us about where you're from. Uh, I born and raised in uh, Reynosa, Mexico, Reynosa, Tamaulipas, in the border with uh, Texas. And uh, I went to uh, uh, my, my high school in, in Reynosa. And then um, I went to Monterrey to study uh, journalists. But and then uh, my family, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And what you ended up in Washington, D.C. What brought you to D.C.? I get an invitation to attend the 1993 National March for Gay and Lesbians and uh, Rights, the rights. Uh, that was in 1993. So um, uh, I came to, to D.C. To, to also uh, advocate uh, in the capital. So I love the city. Uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful city. And, and I, I, I stay here in Washington, D.C. after the march. And, and I like it. Along the way, you've done a lot of good work in Atlanta, Georgia, um, uh, advocating for a lot of Latinos, um, working, fighting HIV in Atlanta, and helping out um, immigrant populations. When people saw in D.C. found out that you did that there, they actually made you come up here to do the very same thing. Along the way, uh, through your activism, you started collecting a lot of artifacts about our LGBT movement through the eyes of Latinos. What spurred you to start collecting art, uh, artifacts, articles, posters, and flyers? Well, uh, since I was uh, living in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, uh, I started organizing our community in the state of Georgia. Uh, our Latina and Latino uh, community and I start preserving our history because I think preserving our history uh, is really important for future generations and, and also I think it's important to uh, um, uh, 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 commemorate and preserve uh, the rich contributions of our sisters and brothers. 
And what are some of the things that you're most proud of in your collection? Because you probably over have almost a thousand, safely over a thousand materials that you've collected and they've been donated to you because people look for you to give you stuff. What are some of the most amazing things that you have in your collection? Uh, I think what I have one of the uh, biggest collection of, of Latino, Latinx, LGBTQ community in, in our country. Um, I have more than uh, 200 posters, banners, uh, pictures, 2,000 pictures, um, flyers, uh, memorabilia, uh, t-shirts, uh, books, uh, programs. Um, I start collecting since I was living in Atlanta, and then when I moved to D.C., uh, you know, I start collecting things. I have a lot of things from uh, Llegó, the National Latino and Latina Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, and Transgender uh, Organization. Um, and I have things from uh, also uh, Enlace, Gelam, Acuarela, La Clinica del Pueblo, all organizations that serviced Latino LGBT populations in the D.C. area and, of course, in Atlanta. Yes, in Washington, mostly in Washington, D.C., from the, la from the late 80s to the present. But and, and Some of these posters, you told me in the past, it's anything from like a protest to a rally for more HIV AIDS funding to just um, protesting discrimination or hate crimes. So these are all rally posters, all even posters to announce that there's a drag show on the weekend for people to attend, correct? Yes. Um, I have um, many posters from the HIV AIDS epidemic, which that was in the late 80s to probably 90s, from the 90s. And uh, many of the uh, posters are related to HIV AIDS, our community, uh, domestic violence, our LGBTQ Latino community. And um, also I have banners, the banners from the local groups and national groups of Washington, D.C. And recently I buy part of the collection of one of my heroes, which was uh, Jose Sarria. I buy uh, 67 items from uh, his collection and, and, and I have it in my, in my apartment in DuPont Circle. Let's talk about the people that you've met along the way. Um, Jose Saria, for those who do not know, was one of the very first people, in fact, the first person, openly gay person, to run for office in the United States. Long before Harvey Milk thought about running for a city council position in San Francisco, that was, which is in 1973, I believe, um, Jose Saria filed for the same type of office in 1961. He was unsuccessful, but for amazingly, he got like 6,000 votes being an openly gay Latino man who was a drag queen who was pissed off of police raids at his bar. And what's so amazing is that he was a World War II veteran who came, who came back try to be an educator, a teacher, but was blacklisted because he was gay. And they blacklisted him, couldn't make any money being a teacher. So he turned to the world of drag 
and performing at bars. He had, a, from what I understand, a very beautiful voice. So he was able to not lip sync, but actually sing his songs and perform in full drag. And you got to meet him. Tell me more about him. Yeah, well, Jose Saria, uh, he was one of my heroes, and I love his his uh, job, his his work, and like you mentioned, he was the first gay American who ran for a political office in 1961 in San Francisco, and he was a, a Latino, which that that is wonderful. Um, and Jose Saria, he did. A lot of a lot of uh, contributions to our community. He was also the founder of the Imperial Court in San Francisco, which uh, he he was uh, Mama Jose, our Queen, from the Imperial Court of Mexico, United States, and Canada. Wow! Yes, he did a, a, a beautiful thing. And this court raised a lot of money for HIV/AIDS, correct? Correct. They have different chapters in the United States and also in San Francisco and Washington, D.C. And they raise a lot of money for different organizations. And this is like a hybrid of drag and leather community or just solely drag? It's, it's, it's mostly drag, drag, uh, drag queen and the transgender community and, and also the, the leather community. And, and uh, the life of Jose is really important for our history, our American history. Um, Jose, I met Jose in 1996. Uh, he did uh, a fundraising for Jigo, the National Latino, Latina, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Organization in, in San Francisco in 1996. And yes, he was singing with his voice. He sings different songs, but one of the songs that was very popular that was, uh, say, uh, God Bless the Nelly Queens. And he was an opera singer. Opera? Opera, wow. yeah. Wow. So he was wonderful, wonderful uh, person. In, 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 um, it was just amazing because back then, when the HIV-AIDS epidemic broke out, there was no government funding. People were fighting to get government one to tell us the truth about hiv aids and to get money to help us fight this disease and you could just imagine that only certain communities got what little funding they decided to release so we had to amongst ourselves raise this money not only to make ourselves aware of the disease but to help those that were already falling ill and passing away to treat them and to find them some type of care in their last days and it's almost like the community came together it was i read in your book the book that you're featured in queer, queer brown voices that you called it you referred to the early 90s when all this was happening as the golden age of activism because you all rose even though it was like the worst of times with hiv aids it was also the best of times because you all came together and you started addressing the problems yourselves because the government was just not keeping up. Yes, it's true. Um, uh, sadly, uh, most of our members of our community uh, died or passed away in the, from the mid-80s, uh, you know, to, to uh, the 90s, even, you know, the, the end of the 90s. And uh, yes, uh, that was a difficult time. Uh, I, I remember that I lost a lot of friends and, and a lot of my friends uh, passed away from AIDS with no medications, no, no, 
no uh, cocktails, you know, like like uh, the AZT cocktail that eventually was introduced and helped curb deaths. But at the end of the day, there was just one no knowledge about the drug or access because these were expensive drugs. Yes. Exactly. That was very difficult because there was no treatment. There was uh, no information, education and prevention bilingual. In Spanish. Yeah, in Spanish and, and for our community, para la raza. So, um, I, you know, I was so blessed uh, to, to, with God to be here in Washington, D.C. And, 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 and met wonderful activists and mentors in my life. Um, I want to mention that my first mentor, uh, he passed away. He was a Chicano from San Francisco. His name was uh, Juan Rodriguez. Juan Rodriguez, he was the first uh, uh, mentor. He gave me the first uh, scholarship to come into Washington, D.C. And, and, and advocate for the community. He passed away, but he's in my memory. And, and, and yes, uh, on the early 90s, we have a, this kind of uh, uh, cuna uh, uh, of activists. That was the golden years of our community because we have many organizations and we have Jego who was working in a, a national level, mm -hmm. and Diego provide technical assistance to more than 175 LGBTQ Latino groups in the country. I'm going to repeat again, 175 groups in the country. And after that, that Diego uh, closed the doors, many of the groups, they were closing the doors. Uh, I'm not sure how many groups we have right now, but uh, in, in the 90s, we have local organizations, local groups. We have the National Jego. Uh, we have many people in, and many activists, many groups and activists who work, you know, on the front fighting for our, our rights. And, 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 and I, I call uh, La Época de Oro. Uh, the golden uh, years of, of the activists, yeah, because we have many groups and many, many people fighting, you know, yes. One of the other people that, you're, that you got to meet was Sylvia Rivera. Tell me about one of the ladies that helped start the Stonewall Riot Revolution, the modern-day gay rights movement in, at the Stonewall in 1969. Yes, uh, Sylvia Rivera, I met Sylvia Rivera in 1994, in New York City, uh, I believe in one of the Stonewall celebrations. I believe it's, that was the 25th anniversary. Uh, Silvia Rivera, she was uh, 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 another of my heroes. She was uh, half uh, Venezuelan and, and Puerto Rican, and, and she started uh, doing wonderful things. I mean, we know some of the things that she did in New York City in Stonewall, but I can say that she was doing, you know, events, demonstrations, meetings. Yeah, Sylvia Rivera not only um, helped with the launching of the Stonewall Rides for um, the modern-day gay rights movement, but she also was able to start a lot of organizations that were dealing with LGBT rights. Even one towards the end of her days, she was working on transgender rights, specifically homeless transgender women that she was fighting for. So that was 
one incident, but she had so much that she contributed from there on, correct? Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, Silvia Rivera, that was an, an extraordinary uh, person. Uh, in, in, in her life, in, in her legacy, it is important for our history, our American history. Silvia Rivera, she did a lot of things, a, a lot of wonderful contributions. One of the things is uh, Silvia Rivera, she was with Marsha Johnson. Johnson. They found uh, Star, Star, which that was uh, street transvestite action revolutionary in new york city i don't remember the year but but the credits they go to sylvia and to marcia because they start organizing the, the transvestite community uh and we say transvesti or transvestite because i'm that no, in that time term back then but it's transgender today yes that was is transgender today but uh she has a lot of energy to to advocate for the community and she was in the front of uh, stonewall and if, if if i remember correctly uh she also went to italy to do a presentation during the parade in Rome, in Italy. Mm -hmm. But she did a lot of things, a lot of events. And you got to meet her in person. How yeah. was she in person? She, she was a very nice person. She was very humble. She was very, uh, uh, una mujer guerrera, uh, uh, activista, you know, uh, fighting for our, our rights. And, and, you know, very, very humble. Like I say, you know, sometimes you meet people that they do a lot of things in our community, Jesse, and don't say it. And yeah. you discover and you say, wow. So she was very nice, and, and, and I'm so proud of Silvia Rivera and, and also Jose Saria, mm -hmm. and Mama Jose, and, and, and because both are, you know, part of my, of my heroes, of uh, uh, Latino heroes. But Silvia, the legacy of Silvia is, is still... In, in you know part of our American LGBTQ history, you and several other Latino leaders were featured in Queer Brown Voices, uh, a book that came out two years ago, that features the stories, the lives of people that have been in the movement um, for the last thirty years, and in your section, there was this one part where you said that. You were already in the habit of collecting things. And one of the bars in D.C., Latino bars had closed down and they threw away all these pictures. And you went through their garbage to rescue them and to put them away in a box because you were able not to see that as trash, but as history. Tell me more about that. Well, first, I want to say thank you to Leti, to Salvador and Uriel. The, the three editors of uh, Queer Brand Voices, and also uh, it's a 14 activists uh, from a, a cro uh, across uh, the country, and the fourth, uh, I mean, the 14 essays and, and, and stories are wonderful, wonderful. And yes, uh, in my my essay, uh, Leti and Salvador uh, do the interview uh, to me, and um, uh, they did they did a wonderful job. And um, uh, my uh, essay or my interview that was we must preserve our history, our Latinx LGBTQ history. We must preserve. Mm 
Um, yes, I, 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 I mentioned how I, I collect all the, all the, our history, uh, you know, and that was a bar in Washington, D.C. called Scandalo, and then Chaos, Chaos, that was another bar in... in On 17th Street. Yes, 17 and Q, that was in the corner of 17 and Q in the, in the basement, and um, the, the owners, that was Carlos Aguilar, from uh, El Salvador and his partner, they were doing uh, the bar. And in the, in the restaurant, they have this kind of gallery with a lot of, a lot of uh, frames of drag queens and, and, and menus and banners and everything. And Carlos, he always said, Jose, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. And then we, I, never, I never get the collection, but... Uh, Suddenly, I knew that, 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 that the bar that was closed. So they have this kind of garbage uh, close to Annie's in, in 17th Street, the restaurant Annie's. Uh, so I went there and I, I, I picked up the, the, the uh, pictures and, and the menus and the banners. And I say, you know, I need to preserve this for future generations. And, you know, uh, this is the importance of history, to preserve our history in collecting. So I, I get all, everything from the trash, <laughs> you know, I get everything from the trash. Where do you, where does all this collection because I've been to your apartment. You live in downtown D.C. near DuPont Circle. And I went in there once because I had to drop off something. And you have a collection of leather boots because you're very, very active in the leather community. But are you still, do you still have a, a warehouse to keep all this information, all the artifacts? Yes. Well, the thing, uh, I start collecting everything, uh, Jesse, and then uh, in one point we have a storage. But what happened is uh, with the storage, the, 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 the weather, the... Yes, because it has to be climate controlled because you have a lot of artifacts, a paper that needs to be at a certain temperature because then they get destroyed. And one good thing that I remember when I was volunteering the Latino History Project, you actually had an archivist, uh, Esther Hidalgo, who taught us how to preserve the documents, what type of plastic and paper to use to protect the actual article, the original copy, and where to place it in this vacuum-sealed document holder. And it was just interesting how important it is to keep and what type of temperature to keep these boxes in where they're going to be stored a lot of it's a it's a lot to maintain yes you're right you're right um i i have a lot of a lot of uh you know books uh posters uh memorabilia T-shirts, etc. Uh, I have it right now in my apartment in Dupont Circle, and um, many uh, local museums and uh, Smithsonian and another museums. Yeah, asked the Smithsonian asked you repeatedly for some of your artifacts, correct? Yeah, but I don't want to give it because I'm uh, organizing exhibits. Every year I do exhibits, and uh, every time that uh, universities or schools ask me to do it, you need to have access to them. Right. And if you sign these over to Smithsonian or some other organization, that's where the access no longer becomes available to the public. 
Yes, correct. And I can tell you that uh, from 2000 to now, I've been organizing more than 50 historic exhibits, including in La Clinica del Pueblo, with my Walker Clinic, uh, the Gallaudet University, uh, Carlos Rosario, different schools. They asked me, and I'm there, you know, uh, with the Latino History Project, in HRC, in the DC Center, in the Historical Society of uh, Washington, DC. So I feel more um, uh, uh, pleased, uh, uh, happy that people of my community Nuestra raza, nuestra gente, they have access to, to, to the objects. I even, you know, uh, encourage people to touch it or if they want to do copies, that's fine. That's fine. And, and, and I feel very happy that people, you know, students, our uh, Latino community in Washington, D.C., they can have access. If I donate it to the uh, Smithsonian, I know that it's going to be very difficult for people to have access or to go to the museum. Because they won't feature it all the time. You know, they'll be just maybe during Latino History Month, they might bring it out, LGBT History Month. Until we get that Smithsonian Latino Center with a section (laughs) dedicated to LGBT, it's going to stay with you. Yes, especially for people with low income and low education that they don't have access. They don't have access, for example, to go to the museum. So my role is is not only to educate people, but to bring history to them. Right now I'm working in two more projects uh, for uh, two or three months. And this is my goal. And, And my role... I'm a mentor. I, I opened the doors of history to many Latinos and Latinas in the city. Uh, I do remember that a lot of students uh, and research people uh, from different universities, they came to me to ask me about history. And, and I'm very happy, you know, to assist everybody, everybody. If someone wants to either contact you to interview you or to schedule an appointment or to donate items that are Latino LGBT history related, how can they reach you? They can either send me an email. Uh, it's Jose Gutierrez DC at AOL.com or they can call me directly uh, 202-705-2701 or they can look me in uh, Facebook, uh, Jose Gutierrez, and, and I will be more than happy to assist or to help or or to help if they're doing a research, or they're doing a book, or they need anything related to history of the Latinx LGBTQ community, I will be more than happy to help. Well, thank you so much, Jose, for being on the show. I look forward to seeing more of you, especially when Latino Pride takes, uh, DC Latino Pride takes place in early part of June. And uh, for more information about the Latino History Project, what's the website again? It's www.latinoglbthistory.org. And I want to say thank you to our wonderful board of directors. They're doing a wonderful job. And thank you, Jesse. Congratulations for all your wonderful, wonderful contributions to our community. Thank you, Jesse. Well, thank you so much, Jose, for being on the show. Thank you. Gracias. Gracias. Mm-hmm.